Hi. Hello. Welcome. Have you heard the good news about Misha Collins? He was at the Oscars. That's the same intro I did last time. Um, we recorded. Yeah. We recorded last night, and then we goofed. And we, I'm. We, there was a goof. But well, it's a good uh, thing that we recorded last night, and then we didn't do it for that long, right? It was like you know maybe an hour, ten minutes. Or something mm-hmm. like that. It's just, yeah. Uh, just a quick little, not <laughs> for like three hours or anything. I'm Sophia. Um, I use she, her pronouns. I am Kat slash Dylan. I use they, them pronouns. And we have a special guest this week. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Jack Draper. He, him. That's what I go by. And uh, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to talk Oscars. Again. While it's still fresh She's... in our minds. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> He's here for our Oscar special because right. his After the rehearsal. Movies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we um, had a rehearsal last night. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and now we're at the formal dinner as well yeah yeah mm-hmm. this is so i my podcast is called exiting to the 2010s it's about movies about the decade that was the 2010s and each week we have a guest that picks their favorite film uh from the decade and we sort of see how it's aged and how it will age and things that they noticed when it first came out rather than uh the most recent rewatch um and every pick that the guest has really tells us something about them. And we get to like, really, because like we know the 2010s pretty well is, is what I've noticed. And it's a decade that like myself and my co-host Clay Williams really remember the best because we're both 21. So it's like, we kind of have a sense of where we were when we saw it kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It would be tough to do one about the seventies, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. And we've, we have like 80 something episodes. Um, it's been really convenient to start to really get the engine going during a pandemic. So anyone we <laughs> want is really available. Uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, been a blast. I'm going to have these two on in a few months. Um Shark Week, baby. Shark Week. Because anybody who listens to this podcast would know what our favorite movie from the 2010s is. <laughs> Big Shark, Jason Statham, 10 out of 10. Should we leave it there? Should we just not even say the title? Just like give it a people, tease. I think everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, um, so yeah, shall we get right into it? I think we um, should start with how the Oscars starts, which is the red carpet. Excellent. So um, I brought up the quick the quick TLDR on our thoughts. Yeah. And I want to talk, I think from what I have seen since the Oscars, mm-hmm. the most polarizing look, and it is the most polarizing look between the two of us, is Laura Dern. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Dern's beautiful, beautiful bird turning into a person dress. I hate it. I hate it. Halfway through a magical girl transformation dress. If it had been pants, I think I would have liked it more. Feathered pants? I think if it had been pants, I would have enjoyed it. I I concur. Um, Laura Dern um, can really rock any look that she would please. She's, I mean, last year's Oscar winner, obviously. The most, most she's amazing. Like, not, she's, I, she's a member of the Academy. Like, she has so much motherly energy. She's so hot. And she can really carry a room. She's, I do believe last night I called her MILF Supreme, but like. Oh you God. did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was thinking uh, to kind of give us a little bit of structure, um, we could go through an overview of the Oscars and just kind mm-hmm. of react with our own opinions. Yeah. Um, so I googled Oscars overview 2021, 
and there's there's two headlines that I just want to touch on briefly, which was uh, Time Magazine, Oscars Review 2021, Pandemic Oscars were surprisingly decent. <laughs> and IndieWire, Oscars 2021 Review, Steven Soderbergh's Intimate Insiders Award Show falls apart completely. It's like, um, did you- I would think it, both of those headlines are actually kind of accurate though. Was it you who sent me that post that's the, you know the meme of the, the he must be a high school football player and- Oh, they had us in the first half, not gonna lie. Yeah, they had us in the first <laughs> half, not gonna lie. And it's the, thinking 2021 was gonna be the year the most, was going to be the year of the most diverse progressive representation of the Oscars. They had us in the first three hours, not gonna lie. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny, like the idea of representation, which is um, so big now that it's kind of expected and bubbling underneath the surface. Like we don't have to shout it, or at least we don't expect to shout it as loud as we did in like 2014, 2015. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the diversity winners came in below the line um, except these, like, you know, score with John Baptiste and, um, the costume mm. designers, makeup and hair. Um, and it's, it's continually been a struggle for, uh, uh, black folks to accept lead actor and actress Oscars. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, pretty staggering. Like, that- and I feel like when they do, it's often for roles that are the fee- the the roles are white people feel good movies. I'm just thinking yeah, of sure, Herschel Ali but... when he won for best lead, or was it was it best he... lead or best supporting for the Green Book? It's right. So Mahershala is a very interesting case because which is he won he won for in this which does not happen very often, which is why he's an even more special case. But he won, um, winning he... Th- within three years of yeah. supporting actor uh, wins in Green Book and Moonlight, and I think he two really is one, opposite two completely opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Of course, yeah. and <laughs> so like he just knows how to. I, I think that he's a fantastic case of how to campaign for an Oscar. Oh, I yeah. don't think mm-hmm. nobody goes to make a movie and say to themselves, "I I would like to win an Oscar for this." Like I think that mm-hmm. that's a real rarity. But he I just has such forget. a commanding presence in a room right so it's like people just want to give him awards like it doesn't take much I think people also forget that um I think what a lot of people don't quite know and when you said he knows how to campaign for an Oscar I always forget um except when Oscar seasons comes around I feel like people forget that the Oscars is and all of these award shows I think sometimes more so with the Golden Globes but it is truly like a campaign it is. It is yeah. It's it's like you. It's not like a which film is the best quality or or who has yeah. the, or, or who um, does the last best. night we were saying it's not like the Olympics. Yeah, it's not like these people doing being the absolute best at what they do and so they get awarded for it. It's kind of like I mean it is. It's literally politics, but it's also like you know mayors or whatever it's right like, and i think, I mean, I think the sometimes they're the, the top case. of their craft they are the, they're very good at what they do but it is like a camp it is a campaign yeah, yeah and that, i think um that season of bojack is, horseman sorry where he's trying to win an oscar i don't know if any of you have watched bojack but i've been meaning to i have not yet i won't talk about it too much but there's a there's a season where he is campaigning for an oscar and the whole the whole 
thing is that he didn't actually really do very much. Um, I don't want to, <laughs> it's a great show. And I don't want to say too much about it, but. And I think um, the instance that kind of, that comes to my mind that we talk about campaigning is like um, the 23rd, the 2015 Oscars, 2014 movies. You have mm-hmm. the, presumpt- the presumed winner, Michael Keaton from Birdman. And right. Birdman is a movie that is very self-reflective. It's about his career. Um, he's, be- he's in a sense playing himself. Um, and then you have Eddie Redmayne who just came off playing Stephen Hawking. And this is a movie that nobody has thought about since that year. Um, Redmayne campaigned his heart out, like blood, sweat, and tears went into Focus Features trying to get him lead actor. Um, and he eventually won. And it was a performance that it's it's baffling. He has some sort of hardware and Keaton doesn't because while I don't particularly like Birdman, there's no denying that Keaton performance, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that's I, um, that's a very, very popular example. So. Can I make a quick comment about Eddie Redmayne and specifically about his performance in Theory of Everything? He I would rather meet, you not, but well, no, no, no. He got to meet Stephen Hawking. Um and apparently he couldn't think of anything to say to one of the greatest physicists ever. So the only thing that he could say to him was that the fact that they were both Capricorns. And Stephen Hawking's response was that with his you know his the eye muscle that he used to to like type with was um i'm an astronomer not an astrologer mr redmayne and then he wheeled away (laughs) yeah yeah you know and i think that's kind of a good segue because we can kind of get into uh another big headline was that chicago seven had no wins under their belt which is the key difference between that and every other best picture nominee right yeah mm-hmm. um, everybody else got something even a pandemic even in a pandemic year netflix still cannot win an oscar for a best picture nominee or well i mean i guess that's that that's not the case but they can't still can't win best picture right like that's yeah that's their goal that's what gets them accepted into um like the cool kids club with every other studio because they're kind of revolutionary revolutionizing um, how a studio will make a movie, but they still can't win an Oscar, you know, um, for a best picture. And, yeah. you know, maybe we could take this structure like movie by movie if that sort of will. I mean, I'd, we kind of yeah. like an, an announced a, a structure earlier, and I don't mean to. Uh, no, I'd be happy that. to go movie. No, by movie. I just, I, I just have um, an article that literally just lists things. Okay. Yeah. Um, for us to like go through. Um, this is from CNBC uh, by Sarah Witten, Christina Cheddar Burke, and Katie Tsai. Um, Oscars 2021. It says the best picture winner. Should I just, just push through? Or should we come back to it? I mean, no, let's talk about it. Okay, Nomadland well, wins best picture at the 93rd Academy Awards. I mean, unless we wanted to, we want to stay Chicago 7 and sort of race trajectory and then like go to Nomadland or something like that. But if sure. we have no more thoughts on- We have seven, very okay. little structure. No, okay. Just, yeah. yeah, we- we, uh, the, the, one, also... the one structure note that I have is just to get us through quickly enough that we do not uh, take up too much of your time and but we still address as much as we want, like all of the mm-hmm. things that we want to address. That's true. And um, yeah, I think like having a structure at all is also just- something that I, I thought we, we talked about last night, but um, if we get off topic, then we get off topic, you know, that's yeah. always encouraged. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I think just to break, because like, I, I don't want to feel like we left things on the table that I, I meant to say, but I didn't, at least that's sort mm-hmm. of my thing. So just like a few words on Chicago 7 uh, for myself personally, it was the only Best Picture nominee that I didn't like. Um, and the fact that it didn't win anything is very telling to see the trajectory of where this new class of Academy members are going because it's, it's a very schmaltzy, um, crowd-pleasing sort of look My at how really good things, it. right? It's, it's, it's a movie for an older generation that is supposed to appeal to all generations, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating because Sorkin is a really respected uh, screenwriter, maybe the most respected screenwriter in the world. And yeah, you know, I, I, talking I think- about, you, you mentioned last night, it's like, but it, it feels sort of weird for him to be like, wow, Vietnam protests? It exactly, was yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. It feels okay. a little um, we, we know, out of we know. place. And, and we know these things and it tries to be the first one to tell us these things, right? I think it and especially Netflix feels out famous- of place alongside a film like Judas and the Black Messiah. Or, or mm. Mangrove, like yeah. the brilliantly directed Steve McQueen movie on Amazon Prime right now, which both deals with some form of police brutality and also some form of courtroom drama. And yep. to have Chicago 7 and Mangrove come out within like a month of each other, it was really stark. Um, famously, Netflix also campaigned like every man in this movie in the supporting actor category, and they all, and they only just got Sasha Baron Cohen in. And I think mm. it was interesting while they didn't have like Sasha Baron Cohen and like Mark Rylance, they didn't have Michael Keaton, not, um, well, not Mr. Eddie Fish Redmayne Lips. and not, um, um, who else could have gotten in? Um, Jeremy Strong. Like, and you have like so many options, but you didn't have two in there. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, Chicago 7's, journey to the oscars was really interesting because it could have been a front runner early on but then as we mentioned the best picture winner already i think it kind of faulted yeah Mm -hmm. and that's actually a good segue into no man land yes the the crowning glory Mm -hmm. i Um, just yeah i it's fair to say that we all love the movie and that this is a very deserving winner right so oh yeah it it, it was a really interesting like good feeling to see when we, a correct when winner we were, be crowned. When we were talking about it, it's it's like you. I was talking with my friend um, Kim yesterday and and today, just sort of about how using your analogy that you brought up last night about a toxic ex, where <laughs> after the whole after Green Book, I was so just like. I was after Green Book. I was just like, I'm done with the Oscars. I don't want to come back. I'm never going to watch again. I hate the Oscars. But mm-hmm. then Parasite was nominated for so many after I'd seen Parasite and mm-hmm. I saw that it was nominated for so many awards. I was sitting there. And then I, I also saw Joker was nominated for a ton of <laughs> awards. And I was like, I was like, okay, like, sure, whatever. Like, I was like, part of me was like, why um (laughs) it's like i like like dc's the joker it's like i understand joaquin phoenix's perform portrayal was like amazing or whatever no i i I don't understand it but i I was like i don't (laughs) understand um sure 
cool. They just wanted to reward a Joker who didn't send any of his coworkers dead rats. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus! I was like sitting there, and I was like, I'm. I feel so disillusioned by the Oscars as a whole, mm. and you know, yeah, Greta you know, Gerwig I saw a really nice. interesting. I saw a really interesting tweet. One. I think it was soon after nominations in morning in 2020. And it, it was like the Joker has become the modern day Macbeth in how there are many actors that will take that role and know what it contains, but still have their interpretation spun on it. Mm-hmm. And that's both like very true and very sad to, right? Like who would have yeah. thought that this would be our modern mythology that we put all of our love and respect into and there's no arguing that we put love and respect into it because no you're right just just a garbage (laughs) garbage man that everyone loves right 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 and it's also like the i think it's it's also like our 21st century fascination with the anti-hero you know someone that does bad things but yet that's the main character and it's someone that we root for so it's i think it's a lot going yeah. Root yeah, for. Anyway, I didn't root for him. Well, yeah, you know. But it's, <laughs> I mean, I thought yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the choice of giving There's best better score, Batman villains. <laughs> I thought the like best score for Joker was great because I don't know if was she the first woman to ever win. Oh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, which is yeah, crazy. But I'm trying to. But, I, I would but personally to, pick Randy but, Newman for Marriage Story. Oh yeah. Back to the point I was trying to make was I was so disillusioned and then Parasite won best director and then it won best international and then i was sitting there as as and best screenplay i was sitting there as the best picture nominees were getting read out and i was like oh wait did it win screenplay no it did it won best original i believe it won best original screenplay over marriage story did it was that what was jojo rabbit was jojo rabbit adapted it was adapted really yeah because it was adapted from a book yeah Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. no, because okay, no, you're you're so right because you have that picture of Taika Waititi shoving Bong his Joon-ho. Oscar underneath. Well, no, 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 not that's that's not what I was thinking of. It, it was um, Taika Waititi and Bong Joon Ho in the airport with masks on, and yeah. I remember that picture because it was the first time that I ever saw uh, two right. people in public wearing a mask. Because I was like, what are they doing? Because I knew it was something. Because obviously, like Bong Joon Ho went back to um, Korea, went back South to Korea. Seoul. And, and I remember like it was already kind of spreading there and I had, I had no idea. So it's yeah, kind of crazy. No, but it, it kept on like racking up awards and I was sitting there as they were reading out the best picture nominees. And yeah. I was like, could Parasite win best picture? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, just to get off Parasite soon. I hope so. And, um, and then it did. And I was like, real, wait a second, yeah. the Oscars made the right call here. And I, I think- <laughs> Yeah, right after last year, which was some such a bummer. I, I think that we should all really put all of our eyeballs onto the TIFF Audience Award, which at the Toronto International Film Festival held every September. This is an audience award that don't, that critics do not pick on, but audiences pick pick on, right? So I think like overwhelmingly, we'll majority of the time, a Best Picture trust. winner will be decided uh, on the on this audience award. Sorry. I just, I don't trust Americans. I, I don't trust the internet, honestly. We all remember Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> wait, wait, what is the internet doing? 
they were they were supposed to there was a very serious scientific expedition with a very special water vehicle i think and they decided to let the internet decide what to call it and the internet oh, no, no, decided I mean, on like, Bodie McBoatface. Like, why well, did you? But the, the Toronto International, the Audience Award is people who attend the, the Toronto International oh, Film Festival. Oh, okay. It's not just sorry any... if I'm Sorry if I confuse you. No, it's it's not just anybody can vote. It's the, not it's just the atten- I it's, just, I. No, no, no. It's people in attendance at TIFF. They vote just... on the movies that they saw and which ones they liked yeah. the most. That makes more sense. And also then. something else that that won the TIFF Audience Award was Nomadland, right? Yeah. And because mm-hmm. it won this, it was also like, okay. It racked up a bunch with, of awards. It, at, it racked at up an TIFF. enormous amount of awards. So it also won another award at Venice. Didn't it win um, it? I thought it won some stuff at it Tribeca won, it probably, too. It probably won something at Tribeca. But it was like, the, it, they won this Golden Lion Award at Venice. And you're like, wow, this is, which, uh, which Joker won? <laughs> and so <laughs> like, you see you see that it won the SAG audience. It, it won, you know, the BAFTA, it won the gold. So it's like, there yeah. was no competition. Like people were presuming that Chicago Seven would be the alternate, maybe Minari, uh, Promising Young Woman, because those two specifically peaked at the right time and when it, w- it was available on streaming during Oscar voting. So you think like, okay, there might mm. be added interest there, but no, no Atlanta could have it could have been delivered to Chloe Zhao's house in January. You know, it's <laughs> but it is bananas because I don't think since I've been following this award show um, since like maybe 2015, that there's been something this concrete. Like it's always been it's some variation of a two horse race. Yeah, right? I said last night she's 147 it's, awards. Yeah, I don't know if they're yeah. all from this award season, it's, but. I mean, I would assume like maybe 10 to 20 are in the rider. There might be some on uh, songs my brother taught me, but yeah, they're a majority. I'm assuming. I are, saw are, uh, and like a one of the like a new trailer for Nomadland that they released after oh, yeah. the nominations, and at one point it's a shot of Frances McDormand. And oh yeah, then, I remember the shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just all of the awards. All the acclaim. Like, wow. <laughs> it's like and it really because it's it like feels, I think that shot catches it's you. Like three. Normally yeah. it's like three yeah. or four on the screen and it's like oh that's cool it won like a tiff or sundance yeah. and then one yeah. other it's or like you know cans or something yes, yes mm-hmm. but it's like it was like wall to wall it was wall to wall and <laughs> was, i, I think it's crazy for myself someone who's been following you know my journey here it's like oh yeah like they've won a bunch of stuff but no they won a bunch of stuff you know so it's yeah, it, it was, really is it like it does take you back you know um and i remember you back in like december or january when i when i hadn't seen it yet i was like oh what was your favorite film of the year and you were like nomadland hands down nomadland and then i saw it and i was like oh, okay yeah 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 you get, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a little because in, in i i also i think that it's worth mentioning many years there is a certain amount of backlash to a best, best picture, picture front runner. runner that will maybe not deny it a best picture win, what but was the it front won't last hurt year? its popularity. Um, Parasite. It was and Parasite. Think, okay. Right. It was Parasite and also 1917. And I think <laughs> 1917 suffered Sorry. from a lot of back, best picture backlash because that's the thing that's gaining a lot of popularity. That's something that you can then because it's so popular you can be like hey 
it's kind of a gimmick, you know, like, like I remember Boyhood and um, right. Bo- Birdman and Gr- Grand Budapest Hotel were among the front runners in uh, the 2015 Oscars. Right. And everyone when talking about Boyhood were like the 12 year thing is kind of a one trick pony. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what, how much credence you give the backlash, it's, it's just going to be there. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really pick up on a whole lot of it to stop Nomadland's momentum right unless you're considering the amazon things um but i think that chloe came out in numerous amount of interviews was and was like i never intended this movie to come out and be a a statement on capitalism and the economy and um fern's induction into this world but it's really her getting this amazon job just to get by like it's just as ordinary as being a dishwasher right so and I also never saw it as a statement on you know tech moguls or something so I think that that was like every year's backlash a bit of a stretch um and I you know I remember like Roma Green Book stuff like that my backlash my thoughts on 1917 was I I feel like it was nominated for best picture because of its technical aspects and it well also I think it was also Sam Mendes and he's a very yeah. respected memory of the academy yeah, and, exactly um, Roger Deakins you know it won all of it, it when you make a war movie it's a very it, classical like yeah. best picture nom- nomination and it, it won the awards that I think it deserved like cinematography and editing um no you know who won editing oh that year yeah last year what yeah. won last year Ford versus Ferrari oh <laughs> what did it did it not Ford versus Ferrari is good it, it's editing was really good no what else it's did just it, funny to me what else did 1917 win it won um, cinematography it won sound stuff what google says uh best vis- visual effects okay yeah cinematography and sound mixing right well i think it won the awards that it was supposed to win yes and, and then, i never thought it was going to win personally and, i, I like always had very original side, screenplay I... and i was like the story was fine it's a war movie here are my thoughts on 1917 i have a deep love for that movie it's very gay war is gay thoughts over yeah and you know i never thought it was gonna win i always had parasite on my ballot because there's a very very unlikely chance i put parasite because i I wanted parasite to win so badly because i watched that movie and i came out of that movie a changed person because (laughs) it was so good and it's the same way when i watched um snowpiercer Mm, the first time i i came out of it and i was just like fuck that movie was really good Mm -hmm. i was just like movies the way the way that bong joon ho just unfolds his stories and it really is like it it really is the way that he writes and edits it's like he's folded up like a piece of origami and you're unfolding it to become a oh totally Mm -hmm. or the other way around and then like towards the end the origami is being put back together exactly and And yeah it's like yeah uh it's like when you're following steps on like instructions on how to do something and you're like, I don't see how this works. I don't see how this works. And then the, you start getting the last couple of parts and you're like, oh. Yeah. So it, if you and I have to see Memories of Murder sometime soon. Okay. Yeah. That's like a serial killer movie. It's it's amazing. I'll, we'll put it on our list. It's yeah, just like, totally. it, I love serial killer movies. It's, it's amazing. And I feel like in sort of the opposite, I feel like to talk about 
best director mm-hmm. for this year, Chloe Zhao, I feel like she has a, a different approach to the way- It's a good segue. She, she tells, I know, I'm, I'm very good at that. You're good, you're good. Um, <laughs> the way she tells her stories are, you know, just so, like, I feel like Bong Joon-ho is so, like, meticulous. And I feel like Chloe Zhao is very- human and and just like something about like I'll see you down the road Mm -hmm. is just it is so just like every part of that movie just in a pandemic year I and I think it being in a pandemic year really helped it but it just and I know it didn't start in a pandemic year but it Mm -hmm. finished in a pandemic year it just spoke the way it all came together yeah it just spoke to me the whole story and my most recent watch of it I got was lucky enough to see it in a movie theater mm-hmm. um and holy shit I just boy do I miss going to movies and being in, a, yeah. being in a movie it's, theater and it's it was like just it's like, like Franny was commanding everybody to do like theaters are essential to be immersed into our vision as completely as possible it was just Um, the most wonderful experience i think chloe is going is going to be a director with a very fruitful career just like bong joon ho like they're not gonna stop anytime soon you know what i mean no and she and it doesn't doesn't feel like she's struggling it feels like she's come with all the tools already intact yeah that's very rare you know and I think ever um, ever since my, songs my brother taught me, and then the writer, like it just it feels as though Nomadland, and I'm assuming the Eternals will be this too, that it's mm-hmm. a logical evolution of a career that it's building towards. Because you know, every great director, um, really, they make one movie because all their movies are about the same things but just told differently. And you mm-hmm. know, David Fincher, who's also a first director, that's another great example of that. Um, and Chloe Zhao, I, I think, is is falling into that. My brain has just gone blank. What else has Fincher done? I just, I know, I you're gonna say, <laughs> and I'm gonna feel like an idiot. Okay, so um, we have seven. Uh, oh, Fight okay. Club, right, Zodiac, thank, okay. Social Network, Girl with Dragon Tattoo. Thank you. Girl. I love Zodiac. I recently made Panic my Room. parents watch Zo- Zodiac with me. Alien Zodiac Green. is so good. It's it's, it's my favorite movie. Can I, can I share something with you? Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen the Miami Vice movie. Um, Uh, Oh my God. That's that's my favorite. No, it it looks gorgeous. your favorite, you liar. It looks like shit. It looks so bad. No, no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It looks like it was on a camcorder, but it's gorgeous. You know what I mean? Like it, it's the best. No, I don't know what you mean. No, it's beautiful. The director had, the, the director didn't know how to work a digital camera. Like that's no, but that's that's what makes it great. It's like Michael Mann is like, you know, it's not. It's like the. That. Oh my god! You, you need to see the. Um, I, oh my god! So, uh, but right Miami. No, I understand. I don't. I don't mean chilly. I don't. I don't mean to, you know, speak rudely. But it's. No I, I love the movie. Yeah. We're 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 willing to work with different opinions on things that don't really matter. Like right. Bad. Even movies. if they. Even if they're. Even if they're. You know, the greatest movie, two thousand six. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> anyway they were so Miami Vice and Zodiac were shot at the same time on the same camera and I don't know if you watched them back to back but no, one of them that, that's looks fascinating double feature. fucking beautiful and one of them looks like shit because <laughs> one of them had a cinematographer who had worked on a digital camera before 
I don't I don't want to get into this. This is this is nonsense <laughs> because we know that Miami Vice and Zodiac have very different. Um, they're very objectives. different movies, but I just no. I mean, we were... yes, they're different movies, but th- I think they also have different objectives visually yeah. in what they're trying to communicate. I think that Fincher and Michael Mann are operating the camera very separately like if you don't vibe with what michael mann is doing i completely understand that and i don't want to like put down your take it's just i think that the way that he used his digital cinematography was very purposeful and i don't think it was by accident the way it looks because he revolutionized digital cinematography with ali and collateral and public enemies you know so it's like subject well, sure. sort no. of not changing the subject, but also changing the subject. Are we going back um, to the United Third Academy Awards? No, I'm going to talk about how much I like Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> no, please, yes. let's let's do that. Fair. Uh, I mean, well, I feel like I'm going to I'm going to do another great segue. Um, in that I really like Jake Gyllenhaal, and he's a great actor. And he's a fantastic he been, actor. Yeah. Has he been nominated for an Academy Award yet? He has been Austin. He has been nominated for Broadway. He has. Mountain. In which category? Supporting or lead? I feel like the supporting. I is feel more like he. Well, okay. Well, here's the, the thing about Brokeback I mean? Mountain. Well, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. It was. Thank it was you. an. He was an insanely popular film at the 2006 Academy Awards. Can you believe like, that Brokeback Mountain? Did Brokeback Mountain win Best Picture? It didn't. So it lost a crash, right? It and lost a fucking it's an, crash. It's an infamous Oscar upset. Um, Ang Lee won Best Director, and I think it goes and I got into Hathaway, an argument with my dad about show. Crash and Brokeback Mountain. And he was like, Crash is a great film. And I'm like, fuck you, dad. Right. 2005 was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but Michelle, won. Michelle Williams, Anne Hathaway, Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal, all four of them got in. But in what categories? I'm, I'm a bit blanking. But so. Um, this yeah, is no, not it, at all related, but my mom just texted me, come over. And then a picture. This is my mother texted me, come over. And then a picture of non-dairy Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream. <laughs> Oh, I love your mother. <laughs> I just, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, what a guy. You know, his first ever yeah. role was in City Slickers with Billy Crystal, um, which is a great, which is a great movie, by the he's way. He's just a very chaotic man. I here's my thing about Jake Gyllenhaal. I want to be friends with him because I think he's exactly the same in interviews as he is in real life. I mean, he's one of those actors with just immense range. You know, like he really, um, he really makes such bold choices. You know. Yeah, he does, and I really. My I, friend saw him in this play, Seawall Life. I think he was nominated for a Tony for that. Um, that's what I appreciate so I, about him. Speaking of actors with great range, let's talk well, about I, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, excellent. Black Can I just yeah. uh, briefly, before we move on from Best Picture and Nomadland, I would like to read what this article had to say about that because I, I, I think it's very interesting. Um, Chloe Zhao took home Best Directing Trophy, becoming the second woman to claim the title. Her film Nomadland also snagged the top prize of the night Best Picture. However, in a strange bulk of tradition, the award was not presented last. Instead, it was handed out before the Best Actress and Best Actor Awards. It is unclear why the Academy made this change. Well, yeah, and I think that it was, this is, like, thank you that you're touching on this because it's, Mm -hmm. It's important to acknowledge that um, Oscar-winning director Steven Soderbergh was behind uh, producing the ceremony, and I think that his crew did a real. I mean, for myself, he did a really fantastic job on 
it was the fabulous third, you know? the production of it all was fabulous yeah um i've heard a few takes that say it it felt as though it was a high school graduation it was like a banquet um but i like that it feels like I you like are that vibe. i do too and it feel and it's I like it. uh it, it's like a cabaret that people have a little candle in the middle of their small little tables and it's almost as if you're there but yeah, i think that intimate. it was a very niche way to put together um an academy award ceremony now the shuffling in which the categories were presented you can theorize until Soderbergh reveals so in um an interview by the way like no shame to Soderbergh like he's like my favorite director yeah. but no shame to how he put together that choice because we don't know why that choice was made until he reveals if, so if we in, want to talk briefly about best actor I could yeah, throw okay. out my speculation. Well, do we want to get? Yeah, okay. Let's get to the father first, then do some Black Messiah. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's, let's let's start with the that. big three: best picture, which we already talked about; best actor, best actress. Um, best the entire thing, the the entire production felt like it was building towards best actor. Right. And in from my perspective, I don't know whether or not Soderbergh knew who was going to win Best Actor. But yeah. my guess is he thought it was going to be Chadwick Boseman. I, it I feels like yeah. he didn't know who was going to win. It felt like he was building towards a big win for Chadwick Boseman. Because I, yes. we all thought, especially, all given, thought, the in, especially given the In Memoriam section. was right before, I believe, mm-hmm. right before Best Actor. It yeah. was before, I believe it was before. Short, or at least shortly before. It yeah, was, I believe it was before like, the big three. Yeah. A best picture. Yeah, yeah, actor, yeah. Act, actress, actor. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was right before the big three. Um, they did the In Memoriam, which really felt like it was, and it, the, the In Memoriam And it ended, ended on Chadwick Boseman. And it ended on Chadwick Boseman. And, and the if, fact that they gave out the NFTs of Chadwick Boseman and... And they flew out his widow and like... Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, you all know, this it's... Stuff, if like you want if you want to call this exploitation, which I think a lot of people have, that's very accurate. Yeah, I would like to believe that Soderbergh thought. No, that I, I think you're right, though. Chadwick I think, Boseman I think was right. going to win, and this was a way to honor him. I don't but think that this is with the um, Anthony Hopkins win. It feels yeah. I don't think this is Soderbergh. I don't think this is. I would like to think that this is not on that if Soderbergh knew that Hopkins was going to win, that he would not have done it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I think he's more tasteful than that. Yeah, you know, he's he's, he's he, a much smarter. He's so much. He's so much more clever than that. Like yeah, he also Aaron, like like speaking of his movies, just knowing they are like fucking Ocean's Eleven, Aaron Brockovich. Like he's so much mm-hmm. smarter and more clever and um more compassionate yeah. than that like he would not like yeah if, and i think he know he knows that giving hopkins a second oscar gives him nothing even if it's a career defining performance but it gives mm-hmm. everyone something if you just award jackman bozeman posthumously because it's not like they give a posthumous oscars very often like yeah it's yeah incredibly rare that they'll do this yeah. And it makes sense for, you know, obviously honoring a legacy 
an icon, a movie star, and um, mm. someone that will, will be de- dearly missed. And it, it just, it made perfect sense. Um, yeah, it was, and it wasn't, again, like to bring back the two horse race mentality of mm. award season. This was not a two horse race between Hopkins and Bozeman. This was Bozeman's since Barberini's had even premiered on Netflix, right? So it's, it was just equally as baffling to know that this was not even a, it, was, it wasn't even a competition. We all felt like and this neither was, of them were there. <laughs> yeah. We Everybody going into this, it was like everything I looked at, everybody who I talked to, mm-hmm. it was all, we were all like, this mm-hmm. was this was Chadwick Boseman's Oscar. The Academy would be fools. It, they would look so bad. I think the only wrench that was to... put into um, Chadwick's win was the anonymous ballots that came out just a few days before Sunday ceremony mm. that um, a few Academy voters without revealing their names came came through and they were like, I'm in awe of what Anthony Hopkins was, what he did with the father and in, in that role of Tony. Yeah. that and, and I think that those, we kind of laughed them off like, okay, they don't have to be that mean. Like it's just them like stirring the pot just to do so. But no, I think that mm-hmm. a lot of true. folks, it's- including myself, yeah, like you were right, Sophia. Like we did not take the Hopkins love as, as seriously as we did. Yeah, and it's like Anthony Hopkins is one of the most well-respected actors in the, the business. He is, mm-hmm. you know, he's Sir Anthony Hopkins. He is, I, I recently, um, I was in a cyberpunk class and I rewatched the first season of Westworld. He is the best part of that show. It's like every single scene that he is in, he is just like dripping with this mystery and charisma. And he just, every single character he plays, he fully embodies them. And that was completely true with the father, but it's like, is it possible that he will find another role like this in his life? I mean, he's 84, his father just passed away. So it's like, you know, I'm, I don't begrudge Anthony Hopkins. No, 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 no. no. However, the Academy. But I don't, however, I don't, the Academy. It's I, like, I think, this was Chadwick Boseman's last chance to ever get honored by the course. Academy. And, th- and I don't think there was enough of like a moment for Hopkins either. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we now know is as true um hopkins and his team weren't allowed to be on zoom yeah and um they they, they weren't they weren't allowed to travel obviously because of his age yeah they weren't they he, he i read that article too i was like see hopkins was asleep at four in the morning in wales where he yeah he was asleep at four in the morning in wales because like everyone's grandpa should be like everyone's mm-hmm. grandpa could, could, should be because the Oscars did not let him because he would have been mm-hmm. on Zoom yeah. if he could have been. Which I think, he, oh, sorry. But he didn't want to go to where, he didn't want to go to the the London Film Academy where the That's where, Oscars, that's where Olivia Coleman was. Like yeah. She was only mm-hmm. on TV for her category because she's yeah. in London shooting a movie. And Yeah, and that's where Daniel Kaluuya's family was as yep. well. And it's mm-hmm. like, there were the the Oscars set up these other places where 
remote nominees could be yeah. yeah but because anthony hopkins is 80 84 years old and it was four in the morning and it was four in the morning they were like we don't want him to be there and he was like i would prefer to be on zoom but the the oscars were like mm, mm, how about no right and it's just like well well then who does this benefit of, it's you like know? isn't that kind of disrespectful you yeah. know he's going to be the winner like why not the last category of the final category and it takes me back to i also was reading is like you miked up judy garland in the hospital when she was about to deliver her baby in 1951 because she might win best actress it's like and you can't do zoom for anthony hopkins are you kidding me it's wild. 1954 was a long time. 54. Ago. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Was it 50? I don't remember what. We had better technology remember. then. I don't know what um, year it was for Judy Garland, but like they went, they sent a camera crew to the hospital and no, mic'd I, her yeah, up yeah, because I, she I, might I, win. Because she might win, and it's just like, are you kidding me? And you yeah. can't, you can't let Anthony Hopkins zoom in because of the like prestige or whatever, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like. Because they don't want to risk a what Jason Sudeikis in a hoodie situation accepting his Golden Globe, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, Which, by the I, way, I was don't... one of the funniest things that has happened at the Golden Globes ever. The... I thought that was hysterical. Yeah. You the know, Academy I, I takes itself too serious. Yeah. Excuse me. Too seriously. Hopkins <laughs> didn't have a moment at all, and t- for Joaquin to to go over there and schlep <laughs> over reading of these to, nominees to, and, to say them nominees like he's reading aloud a menu at mcdonald's he literally you know like and then to announce announce this with the least amount of gusto and then to cut to a headshot of anthony hopkins roll credits it was very awkward and deranged and upsetting and um and it yeah. felt disrespectful it, yeah incredibly disrespectful In disrespectful so many- not just to bozeman to also like to hopkins for yeah. a win that should be celebrated but yeah no more importantly is it, it was supposed to be chadwick's moment so um yeah it was just I, it was I, so it was it felt like what was a really good yeah what was for most of the ceremony pretty good yeah i'm with felt you so. like yeah, yeah. i remember both of us were sitting there on zoom when we were watching we were both like oh is that it that's it's over what what is it done and Questlove is like join us for oscars after dark and we were like that's huh that's it it's done Questlove's huh? like summer of soul out yeah he's like uh, check out my, yeah which by the way that documentary looks well, it looks fire yeah um but yeah it's it, it just like it speaking just of felt- award uh, fest, uh film, film festival awards it won this uh, documentary prize at Sundance so I'm it's coming into theaters this summer with a little bit of a claim like oh man the cool. trailer looks nice. rad yeah 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 it's um, just like yeah. it, it feels so it, it just felt like another another moment of like oh the, the academy doesn't it's like I, I, with with Land's win and Chloe Zhao's win for for best director it's like I know the academy is moving in a in a better direction and same with Emerald Fennell's win for Promising Young Women it's like I know they're I know they're they're inching slowly but it's just like it's another moment and again Anthony Hopkins outstanding performance in The Father but it's like it still feels like 
it should have like it should have been Chadwick. It's just like can they can they take the L on this one? Just like right, yeah. It's the classic tug of war between the new and old guard of mm-hmm. of the Academy and members, like you know, constantly being diversified and adding more women, you know, stuff like that. So, it, but we still have so much progress. Yeah. Second woman to and win best director, of course, yeah. And I, I think that's actually hey, but that's a good segue yeah. to Emerald Fennel winning uh, best original screenplay. Yeah, um, yeah. The first woman to do so since um, Diablo Cody for Ju- for Juno. So it's like yeah, that's another like milestone. Like man, it's been a while since um, since we've had this happen. Yeah, I I think that for myself, it's a very flawed script, but one that oh, takes yeah, a lot about- of ambition and um, it has a lot of on its mind. And the, I kind of like the fact that something that has a lot on its mind, but doesn't always follow through with its ideas is is going to be the winner. There's something kind of fun about that, even though it's not my favorite. I think, um, oh, fuck. What did I say last night? I think I said something along the lines of like, it's it takes, it's not the promising young woman wasn't afraid to take risks and i think Mm -hmm. take risks in a way that the academy liked Mm -hmm. um yeah like um it's like judas and the we can all agree judas and the black messiah should have won Mm -hmm. Um, sorry to interrupt you cat but and now i was was gonna say it it, uh promising woman is very much um, it takes risks in a, I, I hate to use this phrase, but it's accurate, a white feminist kind of way, <laughs> which is very much approved by the Academy. Yeah. It's like just progressive enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was Best Original Screenplay. We talked about Best Actor. Best Actress went to Frances McDormand from Nomadland. Uh, who said something about fantastic uh, karaoke in her speech that i did not follow um, i think she was just talking about wanting talking to about be... spending time with your friend, friends again mm-hmm. i yeah. think yeah yeah and i, and, I you just... know mcdormand is i think we should also honor this was a way to for them to double down on honoring mcdormand and a career that she's had she's in mm-hmm. this very elite group of of actors like um cary grant tom hanks Robert De Niro, meryl streak Catherine Hepburn where you have such star power and she'll have such legacy long after she's gone that um, three billboards and now Nomadland yeah right three Mm -hmm. Oscars um only like the third woman to have three Oscars and um not even Meryl Streep has three lead Oscars like she has one in supporting so it's it's pretty remarkable that all three of her wins are have been in lead yeah I mean she is I I don't think there's been a movie that Frances McDormand has been in that I haven't, um, that there hasn't been some piece of her performance that I've, I've not connected with. Of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, she's, just, she's the fucking best. Yeah. She's just so she, like person. And also every single speech she gives at the Oscars is just so like wacky and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and interesting and fun. She's, I, she's I, everyone's mom, you know, even her like back in at the her speeches at the Oscars are amazing. Um, and, it reminded me of speaking of another amazing speech and part of me is sad that olivia coleman didn't win so he couldn't so he didn't get another olivia <laughs> coleman well actually well no but that rumor for her accepting on on hopkins behalf has been turned down right because she was only going to be on zoom during the uh, supporting actress 
yeah. announcement, you know? So it's like she was never going to do that. No. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. But we, um, I think Sophia her, just meant we, she no, wanted her to win hear for, Olivia Coleman be her win. wasted. Again. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her win when she won for the favorite, right? That was her win. Yeah. Just for the favorite. Yeah. That was probably one of the best moments, I think, that I've ever seen in my entire life. She really didn't. <laughs> She like yeah. she completely did not think she was gonna win, and she has this story that she told on Graham Norton, which is hysterical about how everybody at the Oscars who doesn't think they're gonna win just goes and gets drunk at the bar mm-hmm. um, because they're seat fillers, so you can like leave anytime you want basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and she happened to be on a because she was nominated for Best Actress. Apparently, they put them if you're nominated in a big category, you're either put right up front or you're put on an aisle. Mm-hmm. that you don't have to climb over a bunch of people if you win <laughs> and so she was put on an aisle so she had really easy access to just leave and <laughs> go to the bar so she just got plastered yeah and yeah. then she won and gave probably one of the best oscar speeches i've ever heard in my entire it's up life there. yeah yeah oh it's so funny yeah, um, she's the best. yeah uh just kind of going through unless you guys have, have more you want to say about Frances Common. i mean it's a win that I saw a few people have, but there were such divisions with Best Actress this year that you really didn't know where it was going to go and how certain you were going to be. Like I, I had Carrie Mulligan all season, but it, it could have been just about anybody and that's where my confidence lies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a career win to solidify her as um, a legend I suppose, yeah. even though like nobody's gonna dispute this this win, like it's an undeniable. It's it's a little bit like Mulligan in how mm-hmm. she's the only one who could play Fern, much like Mulligan's the only person who could play Cassidy. I can't or, imagine anybody Cassidy. else in in yeah. No so, Land. That's that's all. That's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Tyler Perry won the uh, the humanitarian Gene Herschel humanitarian award. Eh, no, um, I, I feel like we're we're running low on time with Jack, so I feel like we can. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm trying to get to all of the categories, and we can keep um, talking. Well, after. I mean, are we, we going talking. to do every category? Or are we going to do every best fiction nominee? Like we Sorry? can do. We can do your like. I, I I just didn't know what the structure was. Eh, we're going oh well, if you want to talk about all of the nominees for best director, we can do that. Or picture. Yeah, picture. Best picture. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, bold of you to assume I know what's going on. <laughs> I know, I know. But we have Juice and Black Messiah, and I figure like mm-hmm. it's a good. That's a pl- good place to go from here because we mentioned it earlier. Her Speaking picked of up killer and, Oscar speeches. Yeah, I know. But I guess like briefly mentioning that her won Best Original Song, which is a bit unexpected because a bunch of people had speak now from when I Miami, so it's like okay, mm-hmm. it was very cool. I and had, also I she's halfway. Now onto an EGOT like that's that's also very cool yeah um yeah Daniel Kaluuya is now an Oscar winner um he's someone that I kind of feel like an, I own because I've never not known his name um and Weird. he's right no I, and in just in the sense like I've always been rooting for him I I know mm-hmm. that he has such a commanding presence when he's in front of a camera he ever, ever since, since Black Mirror out. Black I've known him. I didn't watch Black Mirror because and I'm, Sicario and Widows and Get Out. I'm Even something little, that doesn't work I'm like Queen bitch. and Slim. Like he's so good. Um, that, oh man, 
I'm a little bitch, so I didn't watch Get Out or Black Mirror, but I, um, I remember watching Get Out. Yeah. And God, that every time I watch that movie, I like pick up on more and more things. Course, and I think yeah. that's a testament it's so to, fucking both, good. to both Jordan Peele and to um, his performance and just how good it was. And I think like every single, he's one of those actors, I feel like every single time he takes on a role, it's like you can see every single role like adding up. It's like totally, you can see yeah. elements like he's of his improving. Perf- yeah, yeah, you can see elements yeah, of his yeah. performance in Black Panther in oh, yeah. in yeah. in Judas and the Black Messiah. Or like you can right. see the things that he picked up from watching somebody like Chadwick Boseman act or somebody yeah. like Michael B. Jordan act as Killmonger in the way that he portrayed um his character in Judas and the Black Messiah. And I think that's yeah. like the testament of somebody who has like a very long and fruitful career ahead of that's them. A, that's really well worded. Cause I, I wish I could remember the, the name of the Black Panther character, but it, and it doesn't um, matter. I have but, his IMDB like, open right now. No, so um, it's like- I Cause feel, I was trying to I figure out as, who he plays in Black Mirror cause I couldn't remember. Wakabi. Yeah, it, and I, I feel as though Fred Hampton and um, you know, those, they they are kind of like leaders, and it's he's very authoritative, and he can, he can command a group of people around him as well as he can an audience, and mm-hmm. um, that's so transparent. Have you all seen Widows? Like everyone yeah. who's listening to this, please go watch Widows. Yes, I like, have. He he is. Oh my God, Sophia, you're the best. And he plays this this villain that will shake you to this core, and it's completely different than anything he's done. Like. It's do so not good. talk to that person he, he plays oh man it's so good it's so good like do you remember the scene in the bowling alley oh yeah jesus christ right you know oh yeah. man Ooh. but i i yeah it, it's another performance that should have also gotten him in a third nom- nomination um it's, it's and winning just... here i think um it's it's almost like daniel day lewis winning for my left foot which was early in his career, but then he went on to win two more of lead, yeah, uh, act or uh, best actor. It not even like he's someone else who never won supporting. He just won lead, like Francis P. Norman. I, um, I just I can yeah, tell yeah. he's one of those people who's just like there's nobody more exciting than him at his age. He's a tour de force of just not only just what he does, which is being an amazing actor, but also just charisma and i think Mm. he's also very unapologetically himself you said last Mm. night it's like he's not Mm. somebody who code switches very often um and i think his his speech he gave at the oscars is very reflective of that he talks for the first piece of it so just about his love of the film and what it meant to him and he has a, a a part of the speech where he says that playing Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party like taught him how to love himself. Yeah. And I was like, that is so powerful. And then he talks about how he's just gonna get absolutely hammered that night and he's gonna go back to work he's, on Tuesday. Yeah, and yeah. I was like that- Because we're going Can up tonight. Can you also talk about his parents having sex? Well, you yeah. know, there, I'm sure there's a lot of booze consumed between so that table is what I assume that to be like, yeah. you know, like, we're, like he was like, getting very, in my, my assumption was that he was getting very deep. He was getting existential and it's like, 
man my parents had sex to get me into this moment <laughs> and that and I was like <laughs> crying of laughter and like um I I I think it's also worth mentioning that they didn't cut off speeches this year and that's mm-hmm. uh, one I think one thing that everybody can agree on and and sort of take note for uh years upcoming that you, it really opens doors like moments um that we saw with Kalia's speech because uh, you I have that for, raw um, sincerity of like looking up at the sky and thanking Fred Hampton for for his life but then also just being mm-hmm. like guys we're gonna get lit tonight you know <laughs> so it's it kind of you, you have it, it brings the Oscars what we were talking about is the problem with the Oscars is that they take themselves too seriously mm-hmm. and the opportunity for them to not do that is one have a host again and two mm-hmm. don't yeah. cut people off because you have yeah. those yeah. moments where people just get to be real and raw you have speeches like Daniel Kaluuya's but then you also have um I'm forgetting that the director of another round mm-hmm. um Thomas Vinterberg. His, thank you Thomas Vinterberg. a fantastic his, filmmaker who everyone should go on yeah more of his movies and, if you hadn't so yeah it, his speech was just like it was, it was phenomenal fantastic. like imagine if that it was, was a, off like that would be so like that would be so horrible it would be heartbreaking and yeah. it was it was it was amazing and so and good. same with same with John Batiste for yeah. for best original score for, for soul. soul. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, and it's like the Oscars should stop playing people off. It's like if totally. there's one yeah, thing yeah. that they should they should take notes from this year is like stop playing people off. And I noticed that some people were talking so quickly because they were so they started off talking so fast and then they were like, hang on a second, exactly. They're not yeah. gonna cut yeah, yeah. me off. And then they got to actually speak about the fit the film that they made. And the passion that they put into it, like the um, the the best live action short winners, Two Distant Strangers, their speech yeah. as well was so good. The ringers uh, on Van Lathan, like you also, you know. It's, um, yeah. yeah. I it's, feel like, um, no. Oh yeah, I've, I mean, I was, I was gonna suggest if we wanna get to Minari cause that's the last yeah. of the acting winners yeah. that we haven't seen yet. Um, you know, Yeonjun Yeon won Best Supporting Actress uh a favor to win that came very late into award season um and it was very deserved i i I love this performance her character is so delicate and understated just like the rest of the movie i think it's just it's like comfort it was yeah it seriously is it's a performance that's going to be like oh right she won an oscar but like in a good way you know like oh yeah that's all that's awesome like people decades from now are going to watch minari and, and be like this this feels like something that should be awarded as heavily as it was. And- um, I'm forgetting the name of the the Korean dish, but it's like this Korean stew that is very, very good. And it's like very filling and very comforting. But Was Minari- it featured in Minari? No, it wasn't. Um, but my friend showed it to me. But this Minari feels like that. And I'm just blanking on the name because we had it a long time ago back when the world was still open. Um, But this, it feels like, Minari feels like that and her performance feels like that. I feel like her speech felt like that too, where Mm -hmm. it's just like, when she said something about like, this is what happens when your mom works. (laughs) I was just like, this is, this is really sweet. Yeah. So I googled Korean stew 
Oh my god. Um, was you guys it... were leaving no table unturned, huh? <laughs> no, we, turn. we do our research. Um, hang on. Um, no, no, it's not very spicy. Mm-hmm. And this is spicy. So sorry, me... I just totally like you. You waved gently at a an exit on the highway that we were passing, and I just took the wheel and yanked it. <laughs> um, I may yeah. come back to you next That's week with the answer to this. I may have to text a friend and ask them. Phone a friend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> do we want to get to sentimental and mank because those just like picked up technical wins. Uh, mm-hmm. sentimental only one and mank only two um i think it's worth i mean sentimental when it winning sound i think was really really deserving and it's expected it's sound, mixing and design should be praised while mank um winning um uh, production design also cinematography and they both won they both ser- won two right no sentimental only won one because sound sentimental like that was kind of easy to remember it for myself also, i thought it also won editing though um editing went to sound of metal you actually might be right <laughs> yeah once it won sound and it, editing are you looking at it yeah okay nice um no but that's no, no that's great that you're, that you're right. no that's good that you're, no i'm so happy that it won editing and i forgot it yeah um but also i think mank winning cinematography beating out nobody land um was sort of the one of the only upsets that people can point to of the night and it's funny how that's an upset, but it's also in a technical category where it's like, oh, I guess it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess like that's all the best picture nominees and what they won. Or unless I'm forgetting one. Oh, one um, we no, talk- I- Do you want to touch briefly on best documentary? Because I know both right. of you- uh, We have thoughts. And I, and, you both and, have and thoughts. Do we want to wrap up with- or? Should, should we wrap it with best doc or is there any we other can, category do we want to talk about best doc and i mean is animated? there is there anything else you want to talk about well we could talk about best doc and then we could talk about animated yeah if you want to. yeah okay how about how about this i suggest we touch on animated now and then because i think i that we have more well, to say about doc yeah well i was gonna say i think sophia and i probably have a lot of opinions about animated yeah and i know oh. you're on a time crunch so it's Best doc. Oh my god. And then you can okay, just give okay, your thoughts you're right. on animation. No, no, no. Actually, you're right. You're right. Um so you can get, so my... get on with what you have to do tonight. <laughs> um no, but no, but this has been lovely though. Lovely though. I don't I don't mean to rush you guys. Oh no, but don't worry. My my octopus teacher uh ended up taking the award for best documentary feature um at the 93rd Academy Awards, beating Over out presentive trip camp and time and, and time and collective which is also phenomenal i didn't get to mole agent which was which i was bummed about um it, it, fascinating choice I feel like here people always um, sleep i don't on I, I think that feature as a category yeah yeah you're you're kind of right in that in that department i don't i don't want to put down a octopus teacher at the same time because yeah. it really is like it's gorgeous like it it's, feels it's it feels like a really beautiful it really is beautiful like it, it's a timeless kind of story about man's connection to nature obsession like these things that that we've seen before and yeah um they don't they're lessons that kind of like don't grow stale mm-hmm. it's a fascinating but it, i think it's, it's more what it beat out very right. interesting story and i think in a in a different year 
I think I would have been perfectly happy for my octopus teacher winning. And had I not seen time, I also think I would have been happy with it winning. Um, Um, Yeah. But having seen time, um, it upsets me deeply. And, And Crip Camp, which is the only other one from the list that I've seen. It just is such a, you know, and as, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm dyslexic. I'm, you know, I have ADHD. So it's like, I'm, you know, disabled. So Crip Camp has a special place in my heart. I work with disability at school mm-hmm. and time is a testament to what documentary storytelling can do. And yeah. what it, I mean, like, yeah, you can't deny what Garrett Bradley did or that yeah. story and in the way it sort of manipulate well the way it manipulates time right um yeah it's, it's it's undeniable how yeah the the filmmaking craft of documentary it, it's it's like i understand that it's more artier and documentarians might want to go with what they are used to making <laughs> rather than what yeah but I made the comparison. It's not going to age well. It's it's just not going to age well. When we were talking last night, um, I think besides, sorry, but just like no, bes- continue. Like not, like besides this, it's going to age as one of our great documentaries. Yeah, like it's going to go. It's going to remain on Letterboxd's top two hundred fifty highest rated docs, mm-hmm. and I think I think because it'll be remembered so fondly. And my octopus teacher will not be remembered as fondly. My octopus teacher so. is going to be one of those documentaries that gets shown in like educational classes for good reason because it's right. mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful nature documentary. It's um, I I have not seen it, but from what I understand, it's a lot. Whereas some of the others that were nominated were very much issue documentaries. It's more of an educational kind of. I don't want to I mean, say there, fluff, but there are issues in it too about climate That's change a good way to and, put about, it, and about yeah. nature and hum- like. But it's not an issues documentary, no. right? It's not no. like the point I mean, of I also, it is I also not think, to call attention to an issue. I think what's interesting though is that Crib Camp, you could also say, it was capital E educational. Yeah. Mm. So I suppose, like, what you, I think where I'm having mo- the most trouble, and I'm sure you guys can sense this, is like trying to figure out why they would give it to octopus teacher just looking at its competition yeah right mm-hmm. and, and like, i also think that collective was at a disadvantage because it was also competing in international yeah and mm-hmm. um another round had that pretty much sewn up um yeah i but. my thing with time i made this comparison last night when we were talking in uh i made the comparison to harlan county usa yeah. which mm. they are very different because harlan everybody county, go watch harlan county USA. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah, god um harlan county is I believe all found footage or like not mm-hmm. found footage, yeah. but all yeah. like there's archive. not there's no talking head interviews. No. And but it is like you you when you finish watching and I watched Harlan County USA for a film class. So I got to watch it in a big screening, essentially mm-hmm. like at the, the movie theater experience. Yeah. Um, but you walk away from a documentary like Harlan County USA and it is undeniable the message that the documentarians are trying to tell you Mm -hmm. and it's systematic oppression of coal workers in Appalachia and 
you understand it and you feel Mm. for them and you you just you you get it and it's the same Mm -hmm. thing with time you you watch what this family goes through yeah it takes something that for a lot of people are like a lot of people kind of are logically aware of and makes you very much emotionally yeah it's a woman whose husband is awaiting trial and she has to wait and wait and wait and those phone calls are like a half like a knife in your heart yeah Yeah. and it's it's just so painful every i really i really do enjoy that harlan county uh comparison because it's a it's a it's a systemic uh documentary but narrowing down on individuals that are abused by said system. And I think that's just a classically, um, just like a very winning way to Mm -hmm. construct your documentary. So yeah, it puts puts those issues under such a microscope and it it just makes you feel just like everything for it. And the fact that it didn't win just makes it's just another like again it goes back to like systematic stuff it's just like another feels like another kind of like gut punch of just being like oh it went to right. the one about the it went to the one about the octopus right right, right. yeah like all this acclaim all these awards that i i think it might have won something at last year's sundance which was a million years ago and i think that it 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 has like a very high Rotten Tomatoes percentage and all these things. And, and yet it's still got this so far and yeah, it's still mm-hmm. lost. So, um, but uh, with- if we could just touch on, um, we met, we talked about this last night um, in the, the episode the that re- never the was. Rehearsal, the rehearsal. The rehearsal. <laughs> the last um, episode. <laughs> but uh, we kind of talked about the ways the Oscars both do and don't matter. Um, oh yeah. In that like winning an Oscar for somebody who does not have an Oscar and maybe doesn't have is not known or respected widely, it can make or break a career. But for somebody who has an Oscar, it might not matter. And I feel like if they had given the Oscar to time, it would have been very impactful. Whereas it kind of feels like they picked my octopus teacher just to pick something, if that makes sense. Like it's good. Right. And I, I think and we they're gotta like, rem- oh yeah, this can get an Oscar. And like I mentioned, like we gotta remember that documentary documentarians are the ones that will vote on yeah. this category mm-hmm. that's not to say like they like I, I don't I don't know what their thinking was with this I, I think that maybe documentarians that are academy members maybe made something similar to my I would love so it's to like see... they saw their work in this this film and no but I think you are right though like imagine yeah. what kind of work and financing Gary Bradley got to do after um winning for time you know it's it's Mm-hmm. Really yeah i would love to see a pie chart of how the academy like the breakdown of how the academy voted for all of these categories yeah that, I, I mean that's I, I can't help for but every year i mean we'll never know but you know, it's, yeah because yeah it's just like you, obviously each each branch for those that don't know each each branch votes on their category, actors vote on actors, editors vote on editing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And but then everyone votes, vote everybody on... votes on picture. Yep. Yeah. Everybody so, votes on best picture. And best obviously, picture... I think Nomadland uh, 
benefited greatly from their preferential ballot system. So is best picture the only one that has ranked choice? It does. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I think, um, another thing is I remember it took me the longest time to remember what the preferential ballot was like every year. I'm like, what is that? (laughs) But how many um, years has it been preferential? It's only, it's only been recently. I I think in the 21st century, it really, yeah. Uh, was added or re-added but um yeah it hasn't been too it's just too long until to to go back to the point of being that like the oscars don't matter but they do it's like every year we talk about how much we we how much we we don't like the oscars and how they're terrible but then we have like careers that are made and broken and mm-hmm. you know chloe going back to chloe zhao and the eternals like it's oscar winner chloe zhao is going to be plastered all over the eternals um marketing which like yeah. it's going to be like that's fine I, it's it, you know that's what kevin feige was waiting for yeah like, they're gonna like the trailer will be out in like a two weeks or so yeah it's it's and i can't wait for the movie it's not like we're gonna shame it because it has all these acclaims on it's it's more just like excited for it either way yeah i'll shame it because it's a marvel movie but that's my own beef (laughs) right that's well cat that's a whole other episode that's that's such a big Um, we have there's like 20 minutes that we cut out of a different episode where sophia and i were just ragging on the mcu yeah oh my god um speaking um you know we should we go into the middle bit we haven't even like on my pod you know, actually, on my side, we haven't even covered any MCU movies, and I'm like just waiting for the day. That oh, please! I'll Speaking come on. of which, tell us about your podcast. Oh yeah. Um. So my podcast is called Exiting Through the 2010s. It's about um a guest picking one movie every week that they loved from the last decade. Can it be and... one that they hated? Like, could somebody? Oh, no, no, actually, we've had a few guests that have done that. Okay. Um. And, you know, obviously we encourage picking your favorite from the decade, but we love to be like, why didn't this work? And why should people not go out to see that? We recently did one on Patriot's Day, actually, uh, with Brad Avery, one of my close friends. And his takedown of it was fascinating because I think especially now it's aged incredibly poorly and it's a very tone deaf movie. Um, Patriot's Day the one with Marky Mark? It's okay, about the just, Boston bombing, yeah. Just making sure. My um, friend was an extra and then in that the, movie. Oh, really? And then mm-hmm. in the back half of the episode, actually, it's this. we took a detour into the history of uh, Boston cinema uh, that Brad took Ooh. us on because he is a, a, a encyclopedia into the history of like movies that take place in Boston, movies that were filmed in Boston but disguised themselves as another town. So it's like, it was... I love that episode, not because we discussed Patriot's Day, but what he brought after the discussion of the movie. Um, but it just so happened so to be a movie that none of us liked that led us to that discussion. Anyway, so that is one of our 80-something episodes at this point or across all uh, platforms on I have a feeling podcast, I so, don't want to yeah. hype up when we talk about I don't want to hype up when we're on during Shark Week for the Meg yeah. too, too much. I know it's going to be fun. But I do think you'll, 
I don't know. It I will be how, fun. I don't know how I you feel about it. Clay and I have not seen it, and we're not going to read anything about good, it. Good, so good, good, good. Like, I don't we're know going you, into this. I don't know how you feel about track. Jason Statham. Um, how do I feel about Jason Statham? Well, how do I? Here's a. How do you feel about? How Jason do you feel Statham? about Jason Statham? I am not an expert. Um, honestly, I we have. Sorry, a, a client. I googled top films of the 2010s just out of curiosity, and Google has a for you. And apparently, there was a movie called Daphne and Velma that came out in 2018 that got 35% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I am watching it today tonight. That's what I'm doing with my night. Nice. Um, but. If you enjoy Jason Statham in any mm-hmm. of his various Jason Statham roles, he's Jason. He's he's Jason yeah. Statham. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to hype up the mic too much. I really do want both of you guys to go in completely. I think it's so going to be so much more fun if you go in yeah. totally blind to totally. it. Totally, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm so happy that we became it's so weird how we became like we've never actually like met in person and we've only been friends over like the digital platform since like what mm-hmm. october or something like that yeah yeah it's Zoom bizarre friends. but it doesn't again like it doesn't feel like that no like, it, it feels, it, it like, feels like i've known you since longer. kindergarten you know i know yeah it's it's know. bizarre how that works yeah and um, i feel like soon, part of it is because i we'll, listen to change. listen yeah. to your podcast every week like when, you? I have, oh. when I have time, I listen. I'm a I'm busy bee. We but, support each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming yeah. on and, and talking about the Oscars. Of course. Um, you can you can dip out. We're, we're going to keep talking probably okay. about other random stuff. Other whatever. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. I can stop recording. Fashion. We're gonna we're gonna get do animated feature and fashion. Okay. Yeah. The two the, the two subjects that I am qualified to talk about. <laughs> my my two cents on animated features. I'm neutral. I'm in a neutral zone. I don't hate or love Soul. I'm okay with its winning. It's it's Pixar. We knew it was gonna yeah. win. Wolf Walker should have won. That is my two cents. Uh, go listen to Exiting Through the 2010s. Um, it's a it is it is a really fun podcast. It's fun. Um, it's it's a really fun movie podcast. If you like movie podcast, if, if you, you love movies, if you it, it, like, not even just if you. I think it out of the movie podcasts that I've listened to, it easily is one of the most, um, one of the more, not just because Jack is my friend, um, but like we, um, fun fact, Jack and I actually met over Hinge (laughs) and then like became friends because neither of us were like, you know, we're not actually looking for anything. Um, But we were both just sort of like, wow, we both have podcasts and we both really enjoy talking about movies and podcasts and um we started hanging out and I forget what the first movie we watched together was but it was we just had like a ton of fun hanging out together and just talking podcasts and I listened the first episode I listened to was he was talking about um Breaking Dawn part two um (laughs) which we have not gotten to my thoughts about Twilight on this podcast or on Topics Bingo, which is our new podcast, um, which we can talk about in the middle bit, which we can swiftly transition to. We're in the middle bit. We're in the middle bit now. Um, um. But when we talk about Twilight, you, I'll subject Kat to talking about Twilight. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you can talk a little bit about, you've seen the first movie. Um, but I have so many thoughts about that movie. But, um, yeah, he's, he's just really fun to, fun to be around. I think he's, he's probably my only other, apart from, like, my brother, um, and our other friend, Harry, who we should get on Topics Bingo. I feel like he'd be a good friend to have on that show. Absolutely. Um, he's like my only other cis, straight, white guy friend um, who's like... Back in high school, the three of us had a radio show oh, together. And I just one completely episode... left out our other two cis, straight, white friends. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, all of our other, like... But yeah, um, but yeah, he's 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 great, and um, I I asked him I asked him my one of my red flag questions, which was well, I asked him two of them. I asked him how he felt about Joe Rogan, and he said he does not like Joe Rogan, which is a great response. And I asked him how he felt about Tarantino, and he immediately knew what I was doing. He was like, "Oh, is this what you ask people to figure out?" you know, what they think. And he was like, I think Tarantino's a great director, but he's incredibly flawed and we is deserving of every critique that anybody has ever given him. And people mm-hmm. who are enable of enable people who cannot critique Tarantino need to take a hard look at themselves in the mirror. And I was like, ah, one of the good ones. <laughs> um I was yeah. like, oh you get it. Um so so that's why I've been hanging out with him and uh he's he's really cool and i really like spending time with him and yeah he's i think he's one i think he's i think he's one of the one of the cool ones he's self, um, self-aware enough to keep me to for me to keep him around <laughs> yeah um what was i gonna say oh but i was gonna say um you harry and i had a radio show in high school and the reason i'm bringing it up is because anytime you weren't there the entire radio show was me and harry fighting on air <laughs> about the stupidest shit oh i really i really appreciate that energy from the two of you <laughs> just um our energy is very similar to um i don't know if you've seen the interviews with i'm blanking on his name from sonic Oh, um, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz and Pat Gill. Oh, yeah. Their, like, weirdly hostile interview energy <laughs> is very much the energy that uh, Harry and I have but on But friends. Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, we're, 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 you remind along. me of, like, of, like, cousins who don't, like, who see each other enough to feel like siblings, but you're still cousins and you, like, rag on each other. Yeah. We, it's as opposed we to my as out. opposed to my friendship with both of you, which is very much like very close siblings. Yeah, but like not in the way that I am with like my actual siblings. You know, like sitcom yeah. siblings. Sitcom siblings. I'm exactly. sitcom siblings, but with I'm a sitcom sibling with you, and I'm a sitcom sibling with Harry. But two different types of sitcoms. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a Seinfeld like- sibling with Harry, and I don't know what sitcom I am with you, because Harry's also Jewish, and um, we just have, like, old Jew energy together. 
We, well, I mean, we have we have childhood friend energy. Yeah, but I also have that with Harry because I've known yeah. him forever. We went to Hebrew school together since like kindergarten. You know, you know what it is. It's you, you and um, Harry are. Uh, We're like an this o- is an old school reference. You guys are like siblings from Full House, and I'm Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> We're <laughs> Harry and I are really like an old married couple that like, like. Mm. Uh, once again, go listen to Jack's podcast, Jack and Clay, their podcast, Exiting Through the 2010s. It's a great, great movie podcast. Um, I have yet to meet Clay. I'm sure he's cool, too. Um, I've heard his voice. Yeah, I've heard his voice a I've lot. Listened, listened to the podcast. Yeah. Um, great voice. Um, yeah, go listen to their podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter. They also have a Twitter, although I don't, don't know what it is. <laughs> We'll put their Twitter on our Twitter. Yeah. Um, we'll at them. We'll at them on when Twitter. When this episode goes up. Um, um, but follow us at HYHTGN Podcast on Twitter. Um, uh, send us an email. At HYHTGN Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Follow us, Tangents Only, on Twitter for news about our other shows. Um, Shout out to my friend Emily, who left us the only written review of our podcast. Found out that yesterday. Tell your friend Emily that I love her, and when I'm sad, I go read her review. Oh, I'm. I will if I if I see her again, um, she, or if she listens to this. She almost made me cry in Blanche. Um, I almost made a, her in a good, good way. way. Yeah, because she told me she wrote the review of our podcast. Ah, because yes. she's a sweetheart. Um, um, yeah. Um, would you like a headline without context? Uh, yes, please. Oh, here it is from CNN. Glenn Close doing da butt at the Oscars after losing for the eighth time is a lesson we didn't know we needed in 2021. Ah, oh, good for her. Um, also, in case you were wondering, apparently she knew she was she was she was told ahead of time that she would be called on during that segment, and she was told a couple songs that it might be so she could do her research ahead of time, which is why she knew so much, but they had no intention of making her dance. That was entirely unscripted. (laughs) Interesting. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate her. I appreciate her getting up and doing debut anyway. Yeah. Cause she's an icon. I really just think that table was, Abs. She was at the same table as Daniel Kaluuya. Um, I really just think that that table was absolutely hammered. Um, that table was having the most fun at the Oscars. I really think that table was having a ton of fun. Uh, and I'm getting my water, which is why you heard me make a noise. Um, Speaking of which, we're sponsored by water. Every week, sponsored by water. Drink it. Drink water. You literally need it to survive. I just finished my water. I was tea. Um, what? No, I my water bottle is at my parents' house. I forgot it there, so I've just been refilling random objects. Random objects with water to drink. They're bottles. Let's let's not. Well, yesterday yesterday I had a leftover to go coffee cup that I was drinking oh, my water. Oh, we forgot to ask Jack your question. Oh, for the second dang. time. But, you know, it's OK, because I feel like we wouldn't have gotten the same authentic reaction as we got last night. The but... stunned silence um, followed you... by desperately trying to change the subject. <laughs> you can ask me. 
Um, so the night of the Oscars, Kat posed this question to me, to which my response was, uh, I don't know. I believe your your exact words were more than you think. Oh, right. <laughs> um, the, the question Wait, in can question. I say, can I say, can I amend that? I think I also said it's probably mostly men. You did say that. Um, statistically kind of speaking, not, statistically speaking, I think it's probably well. Yeah, statistically speaking, it is probably mostly men. Um, I'm gonna ask the question and then say my thought, <laughs> which is well, I was gonna say men might. It might not be men, but it might be a men's Oscar. Okay, okay, interesting. You mean- and it might be a ma- man's idea. It might okay. Well, I just think so. You think it might be a man and a and a and a woman? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'll say this after you say, "God, we're just we're never gonna get to go to the Oscars after we say after I say what I'm about to say. I'm never. They're never gonna allow me to go to the Oscars. They're gonna bar me. Even if I become famous or date an actor, they're just gonna say you said this once. You're not allowed in." They should let you in just for the lols. So you say your thing. You say your thing and then I'll say my thing. And then I'll be banned from the Oscars forever. Was how many people do you think have at some point in their life tried to put an Oscar up their butt or had an Oscar up their butt? And my thing is an Oscar strap. (laughs) (laughs) That does not sound safe <laughs> no i wonder how how heavy are they because my thing my my thing is like if you there are all kinds of listicles about the weirdest thing they have found in people's butts mm-hmm. like buzz light ear toys etc <laughs> um and my thing is it has there's a flared a base between, <laughs> there's a difference between putting something up there and fucking somebody with it you know okay yeah that's fair this, you you make a good point which is why the, the strap scares me <laughs> you make a you make a good point anyway anyway uh, it feels, best animated it, feature thoughts it feels really dirty and, and wrong to talk about best animated feature after talking about putting oscars up your butt is there another thing we could talk about that is less oh you know what misha collins was there (laughs) jesus christ based on everything i know this is not the weirdest way to segue to this is not the weirdest thing someone has segued to misha collins after talking about oh my god i was gonna say we could talk about tenant when it's (laughs) for visual effects Or we could talk about um, costuming. Um, I don't know. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom one for costuming feels disrespectful. I'd rather I'd That's rather talk accurate. about I'd rather talk about Tenant because at least I can rag on Tenant a little bit. Fair. Having never having watched the first thirty minutes of Tenant and being thoroughly confused by it, I feel like I'd rather talk about Tenant after talking about putting things up your butt. You know, it's also, it's a, it's a classic, it's a Christopher Colin film, so. Mm-hmm. Not that I, listen. Speaking of. <laughs> speaking of putting things in your butt. 
Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Colon. Mr. Colon. Um, I, here's my thing. I have, apart from the fact that he, like, never puts people of color in, in his films, apart from John David Washington in Tenet, mm. like, and I guess he had people of color in The Dark Knight, um, trilogy, like, th- four of them, um, like, he is just a guy who makes movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Mr. Verkolin really is truly, when 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 you boil it down, he really is just some guy, you know what I yeah. mean? He is just so some, I'm sure he is Scott just some R. Guy. Fisher did work very, very hard who? on what? the visual effects. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, what, Mr. Verkolin really is just, like, some guy who, who, who likes to make funky movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoever he has as his casting director just... I guess probably has a lot of bias. Um, yeah. And, and Mr. Verkolin, when he's making his approvals of the casting is just like, yeah, this, this works. Um, yeah. So that says a lot about his biases as well, but yeah, I, he, I think just makes, he makes films that he, he's, my, my problem with, with Mr. Verkolin is more so about people, the people who love Mr. Verkolin. Yeah. Because, you know, I really enjoyed Interstellar. I think he makes good movies, but loving his movies is a weird character trait. <laughs> if you if I ask you like if I ask like you know, I never here's my thing. Maybe this says something more about me is I never ask like I'm only ever asking really cis white guys. You only ever ask film bros who their favorite director is. I only really ever ask cis but white guys. But I feel like a lot of people are very much are. like I will only ask a film bro who their favorite director is because I'm looking for red flags. Yeah, or not necessarily film bros or, or or people who say that they like movies. Like any man who says that they love movies, I'm like, okay, tell me who your favorite director is or like some of your favorite movies. What is, who are your top five red flags? Top, okay, top five. Quentin red, Tarantino, obviously. Quentin Tarantino is like the number one red flag. It's the red flag. Um, you can you can like Quentin Tarantino as a director, but if he is your favorite director, then I'm just like That's that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Or if you can sit there and say like you see no problems with any of his films. Which is why when I asked Jack like how he felt about Tarantino and he gave me a very smart answer and he also knew what I was doing, I was like, oh, "Okay, you <laughs> you get it." Um, but Jack, when he said, like, Soderbergh is his favorite director, I'm like, okay, I, that is a director who I, I, it's like, that's a, that's an answer I, I can appreciate because one of his movies is one of my favorite movies. Like, Fair. Aaron Brockovich, that movie has a, such a special place in my Who is your heart. favorite director? Fuck me, man. I don't know. I can't Fair. answer. I feel like I don't necessarily categorize my, like, the, the way I, like, enjoy movies by like directors if that makes sense like i yeah, don't know i feel like i feel like if i, I were to pick like a favorite I director i would pick a director whose style i really like and whose style is really distinct like grand budapest is my favorite movie but wes anderson is not my favorite director you know what i mean yeah like i two of two of his movies have like such a special place in my heart um, Grand, and that's Grand Budapest Hotel and Fantastic Mr. Fox. But, like, do I gravitate towards really any of Wes Anderson's other work? Not particularly. Isle of Dogs was mm. okay, but it had a lot of flaws in it. 
and like some of his other stuff. Okay, you know what? Maybe I actually do have an answer for for directors. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be the Coen Brothers, honestly. Um, and I just think it's because I've never walked out of a Coen Brothers film feeling unsatisfied. Even mm. they're sort of more, even they're less satisfying films. Like, I watched Hail Caesar the other day with some friends, and I think that movie is one of their weaker ones, but still, it's like a blast. It's so much fun. There's so many parts of it that are just really entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. And then Jack and I, a couple months ago, watched A Serious Man, which I'd never seen before, and I fucking loved it, and it's amazing. And, you know, we brought up, Frances McDormand and her first win for Fargo, which is just, like, mm. like fucking role of a lifetime. That movie is amazing. And then you have other movies that are, like, constant cultural touchstones, like Big Lebowski. Mm. You know, it's, like, those are movies people are constantly talking about and, like, Jeff Bridges' like, career-defining roles. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I never walk away from a Coen Brothers film feeling, like, unsatisfied you know what i mean maybe it's yeah. so, so maybe it's maybe maybe the coen brothers i hate to throw out like a a man as like like men is my favorite directors mm-hmm. but it's it's hard when there are like women get such little exposure yeah if i if somebody asked me who my favorite director was i would probably go with edgar wright just because I love his fucking style. People, I, people, you see, like, my brain didn't even think of Edgar Wright because I can't, like, think of directors. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. Edgar Wright's amazing. I just, I love his style. And whenever people are talking about, whenever people are like, oh, are there any, like, who's your favorite director? I'm like, who's a director who's consistent, whose style I consistently like? I and really like Wright. the Coen Brothers style, too. Their style yeah. is amazing. For me, it's a style thing. Edgar Wright's style Speaking is of style, fantastic. Shall we go to our fashion corner? Um, do we have anything else to say about any, do we want to talk briefly about Soul? Yeah, if you want to, if you want to talk about animation, we can talk about animation. I don't, I don't have too much to say. It's it Pixar. I, I think Wolfwalkers had it won. It, it would have been kind of a statement because it's two D animation. It's, it's hand drawn two D animation. Hand drawn, um, which is it's just so nice to look at, and it's so well animated. But the like, I'm not surprised. Bad, yeah. and Soul is like a very good movie. I'm not surprised or disappointed that no. Pixar's movie won. No. Like, nobody and nobody is ever surprised when Pixar wins. Mm-hmm. But it would have been it would have been nice to see it would have been nice to see them shake it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, it like it felt obviously when Spider-Verse won, it was the right decision and nobody was expecting yeah. it not to win, but it was a shake up. What was mm. it what was it nominated against? Um Let's see. That was the 2019 Oscars, right? Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering what it was nominated against. Okay, it was nominated against Isle of Dogs, Miari, Incredibles 2, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. The only other one that could have been that could have won would have been Isle of Dogs, which was um, yeah. stop motion. But it's like nobody thought. Incredibles 2, which was the Pixar. Yeah, nobody, nobody was really pulling for Incredibles 2. It was the win. Pixar of that year. Nobody was really sitting there being like, wow, it's going to win this year. Um, so, 
but like it still felt like a shakeup even though mm. it was the obvious choice and i and i wish because well, it's not a disney or a dreamworks movie yeah and i wish wolf walkers had one because it would have felt like a shakeup yeah um not that i'm upset with soul winning um mm. it deserves its win beautiful great story beautiful animation um beautiful score which it won for score yeah. which thank god um john batiste's uh speech was fantastic um like it, it's not an, an upset or sad it yeah. just it would have been nice to see something a little bit different because like pixar has been like crushing this category every single year all the time what when what took it last year I'm sure it was last the year was Toy Story four. Um, um, yes. Um, I'm gonna see what won. Yep, Toy Story four won, but it was up against some. People thought I lost my body should have won, and it was it was up against Klaus missing Lincoln, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Um, oh, you know, speaking, speaking of best animated features winners, one best animated feature winner just celebrated its 20th birthday. Shrek. Shrek. Won two Oscars. Best animated feature and? Best adapted screenplay. What was it adapted from? I don't, oh no, sorry, it didn't win, it was nominated. Oh, okay. Um, talk about a genre defining movie film not movie it deserves the moniker of film film. it deserves art honestly shrek 2 is also very very good um Um, it's yeah i think animated feature is one of those categories that um people i don't think people underestimate it i think people think that it's just a kids Mm -hmm. it's it's just for kids and I think yeah. every so often a film comes along like Wolf Walkers, mm-hmm. which it is, you know, it's kids, but it's more mature. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Soul can be in that category as well because it is very much about like life and death. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking more so about films like Rango. Yeah. Where like um, Over the Moon is a film about grief. Yeah. Um, which was also nominated this year. Yeah, there are some films that I feel like the the animated category is. I I wish. Um, oh, I wish there, was there were f- more specific categories to celebrate movies that aren't necessarily like Oscary movies. Yeah, there um, was um or like best genre film. What was the film? It was a couple years ago. Um. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, Into the Spider-Verse. It was not Into the Spider-Verse. It was nominated against... Was it Loving Vincent? I don't think so. No, it was not Loving Vincent. That was not the movie that... Oh, uh, Anomalisa. Because that, that was a movie that is just, like, that. that's an animated movie that just is, like, 
it really just shows it's a stop motion 2015 uh animated film nominated for best animated picture that really it's what should have won against inside out won it that year mm-hmm. of course it did because mm-hmm. it's pixar. pixar because because it's pixar um, it was also like a good movie inside out was also very good but if you've watched Anomalisa, you would you would know that it's like it's like it's it's Charlie Kaufman. It was produced by directed and produced by Charlie Kaufman. So depending on how you feel about Charlie Kaufman, um it'll you know, guide how you feel about about this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it's just beautiful. Um, and very mature, and I thought it, it just, it deserved the win. It deserved the dub. Because it's like, people think of animation as, like, a children's genre. When they're mm. talking about feature films, I think oftentimes. But then, yeah. and and shows, I think, a lot of the time. But then you have shows that come along, like Rick and Morty, which I like Rick and Morty, but again along the same lines as Nister for Colin has probably some of the worst fans in the entire fucking world. Um, mm. It's, it's like cis straight men who love fight club. It's like, you're liking it for the wrong reasons. You missed the point. Congrats. You missed the point. Congratulations. You missed the point. Um, you like Fight Club for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Who did Fight You think Tyler Durden is a role model? You want to be like him? We talk we just were talking about Fight Club literally on this podcast. Um because of David Fincher. Mm. It's like you want to be like him why? Um Fight Club great movie, but like it's a condemnate com condemnation of toxic masculinity and it's also very gay yeah fighting's gay fighting's gay war is gay anyway um masculinity is gay (laughs) you ever notice how men are the only ones who know what being gay is pretty gay um anyway speaking of things um, that are gay let's talk about fashion yeah Beautiful transition. <laughs> not at all buying into any stereotypes. Nope, not at all. Um, We've been now recording for almost two hours. My first note in my Oscars Notes app is Alan Kim's socks with three exclamation points. Oh, I found out about the socks. You did? I know why. It's it's a it's a signature thing of the designer that he's wearing. as to why and it's the same thing as as his jacket i believe is to the but the socks as well it's it's a thing i forget what designer he's wearing but i watched a video so well i watched part of a video and then got bored um just 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 a very small small young man wearing shorts and knee-high mismatched socks and a beautiful jacket you so this person hot Lamode, who's got a much bigger platform than us so i don't feel bad about name dropping um Mm -hmm who is a fashion critic, that's his job, but he makes mm-hmm. videos on YouTube, did an Oscar breakdown, and he said that Alan Kim, um, wo- Alan Kim dressed better than half the men at the, than half of the other True. men at the Oscars. accurate. Which is completely accurate. Um, and, his okay. outfit was 
can we just precious can we also do a break fashion breakdown i know we don't ever do this on our show because mostly mm-hmm. we, we haven't done it before but i and i know we don't talk about fashion but i have strong opinions about this i would love if we could talk next week about the met gala oh i would love we can we can definitely um touch on it a little bit yeah i would love to discuss the met gala i don't think it's like a full segment yes or not full segment not like a full article that's fine or a full episode that's fine i here's my thing here's my thing Mm -hmm. i just wish like i get that it's like i get that the oscars is like black tie or whatever Mm-hmm. But, like, you can do black tie and be flashy. Yeah. Like, you're allowed to do that. All of the women are wearing, not all of them, but the vast majority of the women wore, like, these stunning show-stopping dresses. And even if they weren't uh, widely rece- respected for the art that they are, they were all statements. Art is supposed to make you feel things. I will say that. So Yeah. Um, whereas all the men, not all the men, but I'm pretty sure the vast majority of the men wore just the most plain black suits. I'm going to, I'm doing a, I'm pulling up just so I can view the, like the gallery of the mm-hmm. Oscars looks. Um, Regina King's dress with the, the big shoulder accessories <gasps> made it look like she had fairy wings. Regina King's, and it was fabulous. I love Regina King's dress um who am i looking at right now oh coleman domingo's versace suit his pink suit that that is what i'm fucking talking about that's literally just wear a suit that's not black just do or do something or have your blazer like have your suit jacket be a different color or if you're gonna wear a three-piece suit or like one of the pieces be something different like just do something to like make it stand out e coverage of the red carpet and they interviewed the designers who made regina king's dress and their jackets were like had these beautiful they were like black jack black suit jackets with like an intricate spark or like intricate detailing in like a a slightly different shade and they were beautiful can i say one one look that i don't think quite worked for me i feel Mm. like it was missing something and i love zendaya but i didn't like this dress not for the same reasons that i don't like laura dern's dress laura dern's dress for some reason just really i don't know why it made me it was very polarizing i don't know why i just really wanted it to be pants i really if it had been pants i think i would have been super okay with it oh i just think zendaya's dress zendaya's dress something about it was and a lot well, of the, the mid midriff out was hot this year. I know. And I think I was fine with some of the other ones, but I feel like it, this was, I feel like this was missing. I don't know. I feel like if it had like straps or something, I would have been, I don't know what it, this, this look was. And I love Zendaya. I think she's, I, I love this color on her. I do love the color. It's I think, beautiful. I think almost, and I love the skirt of the dress. It's just something about the top of the dress. It feels unfinished almost. Yeah. And I, she, I want to appreciate her for the fashion, the the icon of fashion that she is, um, because, like, she kills it all the time. Um, yeah. But I also want to say I'm looking at a picture of like Reese Witherspoon's dress as well. I don't. It was think... a six million dollar. Do- it was a six million dollar dress 
if you were wondering, because it was covered in diamonds. Who? Zendaya's dress? Zendaya's. Was it her necklace that was six, the six million or the no whole it was the dress. dress the dress had diamonds on it apparently are you really jesus yeah. um i will also say this i like can't see the diamond they were yellow diamonds i also on a yellow dress i also didn't so you can't love- even see them yeah, that's a weird, that's weird. I, I, you know what? I'm looking at more at Laura Dern's. If the feathers had gone just a little bit higher too. The the thing about Laura Dern's is it's two different, two different very bold dresses combined. And I love that because I, as we all know, I am a tacky fashion god. Um, love to wear a colorful button up with striped pants I like and tacky a hot pink fanny pack hey listen i'm all for tacky fashion i i love tacky fashion it was just something about how like it was like um asymmetrical there was just like some something about it just like didn't quite click we talked about laura dern's whole thing jesus christ wait oh, i'm looking at it now do i like it i cannot I just wish it had been pants. I wish it had been pants. I love it. Or I, I wish it. The, the one thing I, I wish the waist had been higher. If the waist had been if higher. If the waist were at her waist and not at her hip. Yeah. It would have looked a lot smoother. I yes. Think. That's what it is. Because then it would have been like a bust and then a skirt. Yes. As opposed to That's like what it is. If the waist had been at her waistline. A shirt and a skirt. You if know? it had been at her waistline, I think I wouldn't have so many problems with it. But it's the fact mm. that it's at her hips is, I think, what's making me so angry about it. Um, um, Halle Lakeith, Berry's hair is Halle Berry's so hair is cute. fantastic. Lakeith Stanfeld. Stanfield. Ooh. Oh, yeah. His fucking... That's a look. His look is so good. It's not a suit. I don't know what to call it. It's like a jumpsuit. It's like a jumpsuit. Um, It's phenomenal. Like fashion forward. It's phenomenal. And I yeah. have literally... I love the belt. I love the belt. I love the, the like, double-breasted pocket situation it has going on. Mm-hmm. The collar is amazing. I have nothing yeah. bad to say about this. It's stunning it's so good (laughs) um Mm -hmm. Halle Berry looks like how we all wish um looks like a better version of Hermione's dress in yes um in it's Goblet of Fire you know what I mean big and flowy and beautiful it looks fun to wear like it would be fun to like move around in yeah Margot Robbie's look is straight from the 90s and I'm here for it I yeah I don't know I don't the like big old low pony with the bangs hang on I gotta get a better picture of this slinky sparkly dress did she present an award why was she there I don't know but I liked her dress I liked her whole look it was it felt very retro like a modern take on a 90s look she should just wear this again to the Met Gala um um yeah i think it's fine um it's it's very pared down and and clean honestly i wish it had like um elbow length gloves like opera gloves like if there's a year to wear fucking gloves like this is the year you know what i mean yeah like we're in covid times wear gloves 
um next she was one of the producers of promising young woman that's why she was there oh carrie fucking mulligan this that look is so i fucking love it i love it when people wear gold to the oscars like they're the fuck like they're the fucking statue i love this like shade that she's got of gold it's very like warm and orangey yeah and it's so fucking sparkly it really shows off her neck yeah but I, I love the 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 giant like it looks like a fucking hoop skirt and I love it just yeah. the giant skirt. I love the the kind of the contrast between the giant skirt and then what looks to be just like a breastband, a literal bralette. Yeah, yeah. I gotta admit it's, my tits are too big to pull something like that off, but it looks great on her. <laughs> it looks fantastic. She looks amazing. Um, it really just shows off like her whole her like neck and chest in a really great way. I think she made the right call not wearing jewelry mm-hmm. with this look. Um, and now we get a, now we get to the probably my favorite look of the evening, the best look of the evening, easily. Her, her. Um, this fucking look like blew my mind. And every single time I, like, caught a glimpse of it in the audience, I was just like, oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, It it just, like, everything from, like, the color to the glasses to Mm. her hair, it's just, like. I love the the texture. Yes. I love the, the way she's curled some of her 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 baby hair at the front it just everything like complements each other all comes together so and the the embroidery work and the the beadwork on the actual outfit absolutely looks it's like this is what i love the like the nouveau red carpet fashion Mm -hmm. is and i feel like the pioneers of that are people like Zendaya and now her and I think of Lil Nas. It's like this is sort of where I feel like the nouveau red carpet is going and I'm 100% here for it and I absolutely love it because it's phenomenal and uh, she mm-hmm. looks amazing and I just love this look so much. Absolutely, same. I could – oh, the tra- wait, the train – yes the fucking train which we didn't mention which i just am looking at like a full-length picture of it it's so good Mm -hmm. it's so good every part of this like there's no part of this outfit sometimes we we talked about like pieces that don't work there's like no part of this outfit that doesn't work perfectly it's perfect slaps every piece of it is perfect it is i don't know what shoes she's wearing like a like a like a beautiful song coming together, all of the elements. Harmonized. I don't know what shoes she's wearing, but I'm sure they work perfectly too. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's just like every single element of this is just like perfectly put together, and I love it. Um, up next in the slideshow is Tiara Thomas. Again, um, another look that works so. It's like fabulous. Yeah, I think what's not working for me is the fringe fair i think fringe works really well in some you just hate style no 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 that's not it you didn't let me finish that's not it i think with this i think it would have been really really nice if the 
if Tara Thomas and her had sort of both had these very like clean sharp looks mm-hmm. with like almost angular and I feel like the fringe is kind of taking away from like the rest of this look is so angular yeah. it's a little bit like the 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 cuts of the the cut of this like suit almost yeah the rest is of this, kind of lost in you, the fringe my thing is the rest of this look is so angular with the shoulder pads and the cut of the pants mm-hmm. and the the top and mm-hmm. like the necklace and everything and the I feel like the the fringe and the feathers like take away and almost distract from the angularity of this outfit Mm -hmm. and I feel like if the fringe hadn't been there it would have been just like it would have just had such like impact you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but I do really like it yeah um up next we have Leslie Odom Jr. with his fabulous golden suit I love this outfit I I again I I didn't I don't have anything yeah, it's just it's just a, a really really great. When gold are they going to give that man an egot? When is he going to get his? Did he he won for? He won a Tony, right? Yeah, I love this gold three piece suit. It's really fantastic. He's got a Tony for best actor. He's got a Grammy for me- best musical theater album. Yeah, he needs an Emmy and a gra- he needs an Emmy and an Oscar. Yeah, he's halfway there. Yep. So is her. Um, they're both oh, yeah. they're both halfway there. My brain always sort of forgets that you can get a Grammy without you can get an EGOT without acting. Can't get a Grammy without singing though. That's why they're triple threat. Um, you know what I mean? Did we talk about Angela Bassett's giant bow dress that's just beautiful in a vibrant red? Oh yeah, wait. I loved. Th- I I liked this. Yeah, it looked like. It was the shape was very inspired by like a giant bow. Oh yeah, no, I really enjoyed and it's this. Beautiful. I really enjoyed. And I this. love the color. It's so vibrant. Yeah. Okay. I, I Regina King. Yeah, Regina King. Oh my god, this. I don't want to rush us, but it is. We are two hours in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. I feel like we're getting close to the end of, of this anyway. Um, Regina King. Holy shit, this dress was amazing. It looked, she looks like, she looks like Faye because the the dress gives her these beautiful little wings. She, I, I just think everything from her, like from her hair to her, like the, the cut and wings, it just everything like, this is one of those dresses where it's like everything comes together and it's perfect. Yeah. Ugh. Just a beautiful dress. Speaking of beautiful. a stunning woman. Speaking of beautiful dresses. Chloe Zhao's look. Yes. I just think her wearing sneakers to the Oscars is really powerful. Absolutely. And I also just really think she looked, she she found a dress that was both beautiful, um, was, looks both beautiful and also very comfortable. Yeah. Like, this dress looks incredibly comfortable to wear. And I really like that she wore sneakers. Very powerful. Very strong. <laughs> Love you, Chloe. You're amazing. Um, 
I do think that if somebody had accidentally stepped on Amanda Seyfried's dress, it would have come right off of her body. Do you know what I mean? Her dress looks like a curtain. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I actually really like this dress, though. I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just something about the way the top of the dress is. I wish it it didn't have this, like, ruffle. It's beautifully red and wonderful. And I can't tell if it has, like, an ombre kind of thing going on. I wish it didn't have this, like, I wish it was like straight cut at the top and it didn't the, have this the top like ruffling. makes it look like curtains i wish it didn't have this like ruffling at the top of it you know what i mean i will say her tits look fantastic she looks amazing. that was my note during the oscars oh my God, she looks amazing. when it cut to amanda seyfried god she looks amazing beautiful i love a tool dress i think it's tool oh these suits for yes. two distant strangers so good loved them it made me they i know they talked about their wives um but they the like golden black is very the um, way they 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 i know they talked about their wives and their acceptance speeches but they walked up there and i looked at their suits and it made me think like are they together um yeah the, the the kind of matchingness of their suits yeah um uh, their Martin shoes apparently, they, apparently their shoes in the inside of their jacket carried the names of george floyd and brianna taylor and other people killed by police violence which is really cool yeah. um i just i love this These, i love the fact that they match but they're not entirely matching i think know? it's a brilliant look and i again i just i wish more men would like do take risks take risks and be bold with their fashion decisions mm-hmm. and do things like this um viola davis this dress her is a, fucking dress oh my god this dress it's, is i love the like lattice work this dress is amazing it's so beautiful this dress is beautiful um maria, maria baklava 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 not baklava i'm so baklava. sorry baklava thank you i'm so sorry I liked her dress. It was very pretty. It looked a little bit like a wedding dress, but that's fine. Yeah, that that that's the only. Just like, I don't have anything bad to say about it. Yeah, it's, it's just, just you know, it's a wedding dress. It's, it's a wedding dress. It's cute. Um, well, God, we talked about Coleman Domingo's suit. Beautiful, beautiful pink suit. God, it's amazing. Uh the queen of the butt herself. Um, Glenn very, Close, very stately. She looks fantastic. She looks amazing. Just give her her Oscar. She's been nominated eight fucking times. No. Oh, hang on. Um, I want you to look up um, Crip Camp, the the nominees, the makers of Crip Camp, because their outfits from the Oscars, what they wore, were really cool. What are their names? Uh, hang on. If you just look up Crip Camp Oscars red carpet... Um, you'll you'll get the results um, because my brain is forgetting. But it, it, they were uh, in the documentary and and there. And uh, one of the women brought her service dog, but their outfits are so – they're so good. And a lot of them Ooh, were in – I love how sparkly that dress is. Yeah. They just looked really good. Yeah, dire- the director was dressed in Gucci – Jim LaBreach. Yeah, he was in Gucci. Nice. Brain hardy, no worky. If you care about the fashion, I would watch people who know what they're talking about talk about the fashion. Her service dog also got a blinged out 
he has a blinked out vest and a blinked out collar. That's so fucking cool. And he's wearing little scrunchies. Oh, my God. Sorry. Um, Yeah, one of the... I, I don't know if she's... Yeah, she was a star of the movie Crip Camp, and she is here on the red carpet in a just a beautiful, wonderfully purpley, sparkly dress, and her service dog is also wearing a beautifully, wonderfully sparkly outfit as well, and it's really wonderfully cute, and it's fantastic. Okay, I am I'm actively dead. running out of steam. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that I'm, was that was our hot fashion takes hot fashion about the takes, Oscars. Hot Oscar takes in general. Um, you have heard the good news about Glenn Close and Misha Collins and the news about the Oscars. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Jack for coming on our podcast. Go listen to Exiting Through the 2010s. Um, it's a great yeah. show. You have heard the good news. Good night and good news. I have been Kat. I have been Sophia. I will catch you on the flip side. Um, yeah. You've heard the good news about the Oscars? Certainly something about the Oscars. Bye. Bye.